Audrey Zimmerman, uh, Chief Executive of the Australian Energy Market Operator. Um, thanks for joining us. Hi, how are you, Jos? I'm good. Um, just let's talk about the uh, summer ready, the, the the summer review that you've just uh, announced. Um, going into summer, there was a lot of predictions about blackouts, and there were even some people who wish they were some, just to sort of show that the system doesn't work in a in in, in um, modern renewables. Are you sort of surprised or relieved that um, you got through the summer um, without any major incidents? Well, certainly um, we're, we're happy we got through the summer without any major incidents. But I would say that. You know, the work that we did prior to summer, the training we did, the planning we did, the coordination we did, uh, the ability to get additional resources in, gave us a somewhat quiet confidence that we were able to get through the summer. And I think that's, that's the point, right? Is that these things happen because you uh, use good engineering science, you use good information, you uh, become it's it's it be, you become unemotional about it, and you think about what what's going to be best for consumers. The thing that I'm pleased about is is that when we when it came right down to it, the cost of getting the reserves was six as the high, was the top price was six with you put all the cost through was six dollars for the year for for consumers. So basically, two cups of coffee is what allowed us to make sure that no matter what the weather condition was, and we went back and forecasted it, or backcasted it, we were in good shape and had sufficient reserves and we're going to be, be okay. Having got through that summer, and according to the forecast last year, I think the, that the summer that just was passed was possibly the, um, the closest you might come to sort of um, reaching reliability issues. What's the process now? Because I guess the, the, the landscape looks a bit better going forward, or are you still worried um, about issues going forward? And you, you, you mentioned in particular um, the risk of higher temperatures, etc. Et yeah, so it's not that we're worried, it's just a recognition that, that what we want to do is we want to make sure that we're in a position that we have adequate resources on hand to deal with various contingencies that could happen on the system. And the thing to, to always recognize is what EUMO's forecasting is not what will be, is what could be. And when we go back and we review, we look to see whether or not in the conditions we forecasted, the circumstances we predicted could have happened. And that helps us feed into future forecasts. Moving forward, we are in the process of looking at for next summer and preparing our, our forecast for next summer. And uh, But we have, in advance of that, asked the AMC to reinstate the long-term uh, reserve and looked at a strategic reserve, partly because of looking at forecasts for next summer, but also, as, as you indicated, we're recognizing that the system's becoming peakier, that with hot temperatures we could expect a load to go up, and the last thing we want to be in a position is to do involuntary load reductions during a period of time of hot weather. Two new technologies came to the forefront over the last summer, um, demand response and battery storage. We've just got one big battery in Australia, the Hornsdale big battery. Um, can you tell us what um, you noted from those two technologies, and I'm thinking about the battery maybe in particular, and what you're hoping that they can do going forward? Sure. Well, the battery, as uh, we filed a report on this, is we looked at the way the battery was able to load follow. And this is, um, you know, not surprisingly, because we operated system of storage before, batteries follow a frequency uh, signal where we we're looking them to manage very close to demand they're, uh, very accurately. They're very fast and they're very accurate. And so they, what it demonstrated is, is that batteries can be a very useful resource to the system 
to keep the system in balance. And then as we're looking at adding renewables, having more storage, whether it's battery storage or pump storage, will be a very important part of the of the energy topology going forward. And do you think there are going to be more batteries um, in the system and um, will that be useful sort of addressing those peak demands? Well, yes, because we, we know we're working with another number of battery providers who are looking to become online and, mm. and everyone is now trying to be the bigger, faster battery. That's, well, that's interesting. I mean, so you've already got an application for a bigger one then than the uh, Tesla big one? I think we do. I think we have one in Victoria. Very interesting. Okay, we'll have to follow that one up. Um, the question, though, is with the batteries, though, I mean, some of the markets have been set for the technologies of the past, and um, I think we've noted that the Tesla big battery, the Hornsdale one, um, has actually been providing services which are not reimbursed. So are you keen to get those market rules changed? Yeah, Emos, uh, we, we've, um, in comments we filed with the AMC, and then uh, we, we've said that it is going to be important going forward is that we adapt the market to look at these new technologies so that the, the uh, and resources are going to be paid accurately for the services they're providing and that we're setting the right market signals up for the, what the system requires. Again, this isn't just about uh, the market. It's, it's identifying that the system, uh, regardless of all the changes in technology, has certain parameters it has to operate within and when in fact we're moving from a highly homogeneous to a highly heterogeneous type of resources, we need to get more granular and, and, and faster around what kind of uh, values that we're going to have in the system and make sure that we're sending the right market signals. Now you've also talked about this machine learning, this new sort of method of forecasting, and it seems to me that you're taking a more conservative approach about sort of having enough capacity at certain moments. But what you're also talking about here, I guess, is this sort of peak, the potential for peaky demand and these sort of sudden surges in demand that you may see. And I, th I think you actually saw some in the in, in the, the final was it the final of the Australian Open in Victoria? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, what what we're saying is it's not it's not necessarily more conservative. It's more accurate. It's taking more information. Using, and when you think about it, again, the amount of inputs that we have to take and the amount of uh, information around uh, supply changes, demand changes, weather changes, uh, cloud cover, these are all a lot of data. Mm. And uh, what, one of the things that machine learning can do is, is, is take all that data and, and become much better at, at becoming more predictive of the what-ifs. And what AEMO is always looking at, because energy power is a real-time product, is what are the what-ifs that we have to address, how do we get clarity about what that could be, and make certain that we have the resources on hand so that if those what-ifs happen, we're able to make sure that the system remains intact. You've also mentioned the integrated system plan. I think that's um, the first draft is going to come out at the end of next month. What are you hoping to see here? And um, it's interesting just looking at the submissions, the debate, I guess, between the people sort of um, pushing for more interconnectors and you've talked about the reason for that but there's other people sort of talking about more sort of decentralized generation. Um, how are those two sort of um, investments going to compete against each other because do we need the interconnectors if we've got more local storage? So the, uh, well the integrated system plan is, is looking at all of those factors and what we're doing is, is taking a look at the changes in, that are happening in the system. Uh, we're running a range of scenarios uh, including you know, what happens with more renewables, what happens with more distributed energy resources to come up with what we would say is, a, is the least cost plan, lowest, lowest regrets plan uh, for the country as we make the transformation. Fundamentally the things that we're addressing is our changes in uh, the fact that 
the with the retirement of coal, that energy needs to be replaced. It's like it's and the market is signaling that the replacement energy is going to be different forms of energy, plus the fact that we want to take advantage of diversity. The system's becoming peakier. If the system's becoming peakier, then it may mean that there's an advantage to diversity in that you have, res you have the ability to use the interconnectors and when you need power in North New South Wales and there's excess power in SA, you can transport it to New South Wales and vice versa. Same with Queensland, New South Wales, same with Victoria, same with Tasmania. And what that does, and in my experience, is one, it gives you more diversity. You have to carry less reserves because you're able to take advantage of the diversity and the system itself becomes more reliable and secure. So looking at how that can work to drive costs down as opposed to maintaining local reserves becomes a very important part of the power system. So might we see then a future where we've got more sort of localized grids with lots of sort of behind the meter generation and local storage and local generation and those sort of little areas being interconnected then with with, um, with, with, with what poles and wires? Yes, I mean, I think that the, that the point of the fact is, is that and power is unlike any other resources that you can't store it. You have to use it. And, we, and you, even though storage, you could say is storage, it's what you're really doing is transforming it to another form and then you release it. And so one of the things that you want to do all the time is think about, well, rather than having to have a backup reserve locally, how do I use the whole of the NAM and the diversity of the resources to provide the best outcome overall? And you know, think about uh, every business thinks about inventory and sharing inventory, and these are smart ways of conducting business. Mm. We're just saying the same thing around the power system. And just one final question. I mean, you've been talking about rooftop solar and the transformation and the uptake there, and um, you've also come up with some scenarios which shows a very um, high uptake of electric vehicles over the next 10 or 20 years. Um, it seems as though that um, the consumer's coming to the forefront here and, um, with, and making a lot of decisions about um, what will form a major part of the, um, the electricity future. I agree. I think that the, one of the uh, things that is radically changing about this energy industry is that it is consumer driven and if putting the consumer to center and thinking about how you drive consumer value is going to be essential going forward and that's the nature of the digital disruption that's affected every other industry and it's now affecting the energy industry. Audrey Zuberman, thank you for joining us. Sure, thank you.